making sure our baby is safe on Mars. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Teddy Zanettos, robotics technologist and Ingenuity Mars helicopter deputy operations lead at NASA's JPL. Welcome, Teddy. Hi, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Of course. What are your responsibilities in relation to the Mars Ingenuity helicopter? Sure. Uh, my personal responsibility has evolved over the years. Um, started off with uh, electrical ground support equipment, EGSC is what we call it at JPL. Uh, and, and that's really, you could think of it kind of like the life support system uh, for our engineering models and eventually our flight models. So charging the batteries, keeping uh, the systems healthy, emergency stops, stuff like that. And then it evolved from that uh, flight test conductor uh, for our test venues when we wanted to you know, prove to ourselves that yes, we can actually fly engineering models in a Mars atmosphere and a, a Martian density, right? Uh, and cold temperatures. Uh, and then eventually um, to uh, what we call ATLO at JPL, assembly uh, test launch operations, delivery to Kennedy Space Center for launch. And now we're in the operations phase. So, so a lot of INT and VNV, a lot of work building up to launch. And then after launch, uh, now I'm working on operations where I'm the deputy operations lead um, under our, our lead, Tim Canham, and, and, and our massive, you know, massive, uh, relatively 25, 30 person team working day and night to make sure that our baby's safe on Mars. And uh, now that we just deployed from Perseverance, we're in our, we're in our mission phase. Uh, and in a couple of days here, we're going to be trying out our first flight. So tell us how our favorite baby, if you will, Space Drone is doing so far. Uh, the, the baby's doing great. Uh, so we're, we're in the middle of our commissioning phase right now. Um, being, being deployed from Perseverance, that was the first, first big step. So you may have seen images online going through our deployment phases. So all through launch and cruise, uh, EDL, and for the first couple of weeks on the surface, we were in the belly pan of uh, underneath the, tucked underneath the belly pan of Perseverance. And we had to go through a complicated deployment sequence to get ourselves standing vertically. Uh, once we did that, there was a frangible bolt, uh, kind of a bolt uh, which snapped and dropped us. That was our official final disconnection from our umbilical. Uh, and from that moment on, we were our own uh, aircraft, uh, spacecraft, so you can think of it either way, on Mars. Since then, we've been going through commissioning phases. Um, we just completed our, our blade release yesterday. Uh, so there's some images out on the internet where you can see uh, uh, Ingenuity's blades were lined up vertically and, and then we they, they've rotated around the rotor axis. So we actually unlatched ourselves. So now the blades are free to spin. Um, and the next couple of steps moving forward, we're gonna do a 50 RPM, uh, test out our rotor system, a high speed spin, uh, one step closer to, to free flight. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll try our first flight, you know, try and get that Wright Brothers moment on Mars. So what are the helicopter's flight capabilities? How long can it fly? How far away from the rover? And what can it lift and carry? Sure. Um, so the the five flights that we have planned within the month of our mission uh, are really targeted towards our, our core objective as a project, right? We are a technology demonstrator, that's it. We don't carry any science payloads. We don't carry any additional kind of uh, equipment for, for objectives. We got one mission, one mission only, prove that humanity can fly on Mars. That's it. Um, that's the point of a technology demonstrator, just like Sojourner was for rovers, right? We sent some landers first and Sojourner rover led to MSL and now Perseverance. Um, that's what we want to do with helicopters. That's what we want to do with aircraft on Mars. 
Uh, and because of that, the, the entire system is designed for that main purpose. So we don't have those additional payloads or capabilities, but what we will try and do is for our, for our first flight, it's gonna be simple. It's gonna be a takeoff, hover, then come back down and land, uh, right back down in the same spot. All of the flights are, you know, varied between 60 seconds to 90 seconds, uh, you know, all of the five that, that we're designing right now. But that first one's the critical one. Each of the additional flights, right, are going to try and push the boundaries uh, of, of what we can do, uh, try and actually take off, go to a new location, uh, go further, for example. Um, and in terms of heights above ground and range, for the first couple of flights, we're going to, you know, keep it simple and, and baby step our way forward. Uh, but we'll probably hop off 10, 15 feet off the ground and just hover and come back down. And for the later flights, you know, we may go, you know, tens of meters downrange, uh, but always maintaining a certain safe distance uh, from, from the Perseverance rover. Tell us about the autonomy that's been designed to help it make split second decisions in flight. Yeah, uh, so that's one of the big challenges with, with uh, an aircraft on Mars is that it needs to be completely autonomous. The time of flight delay is so high that you can't joystick it, there's no chance. So all of the onboard systems need to be autonomous enough to the point where uh, they can follow a sequence and, and, and execute the flight. Um, the sequence is, is really the instruction sheet, if you want to think about it that way, that we uplink to the rover. Uh, the rover passes it off to our base station, and our base station sends that over our RF link to the helicopter. And that's the, the sequence of instructions that says, OK, this is what we want you to do. Wake up, set some alarm clocks, set some heaters. Uh, for the next SOL and execute uh, uh, this flight sequence. That kicks off the, uh, a bunch of different algorithms on, on the actual rotorcraft, um, rotor motor controllers, our servo controllers, uh, and also the state estimation system, which is responsible for perceiving where is ingenuity right in the skies. Um, we have a state estimator on board that uses visual inertial odometry. So we're gonna combine uh, images from our black and white downward facing camera. So we're looking for features on the ground and looking at the relative motion of those features to back out where we think we've moved. So imagery, um, and then we also have accelerometers, gyroscopes, uh, we, have, um, we have a tilt sensor, and then also a laser altimeter that's pointing down. And that constrains our, our height above ground level. So we fuse all those sensors together right, to, to give ourselves a best estimate of where we are on the ground. And from moment to moment, we're updating that estimate and trying to control ourselves around the set point that our sequence told us to follow. So for that, for, like I said, for that first flight, it'll be a simple takeoff, hover and land. So those set points will just say, hey, let's just go to this position, hold, and now let's go down and land. For the additional flights, right, we may add set points that has our baby, you know, flying from point to point to point. But from, uh, from any single moment, right, the vehicle's responsible for reading all that data figuring out where it is in the sky and, and making minute adjustments to the rotor system to keep it where it wants to be. You mentioned no joysticks. So how do we test a helicopter on Earth to simulate conditions on Mars? Sure. Um, we are extremely lucky here at NASA JPL to have uh, exactly what we need to do that. <laughs> we have a 25-foot space simulator. Uh, and... and um, it's 20, it's, imagine a big tin can, 25 feet in diameter, uh, about five or six stories tall. And almost everything we've sent to space from JPL has gone through that chamber at one point or the other for, uh, for, for testing purposes. And this is you know, your perfect 
dream of a test chamber. You can control the temperature. You can flood the the the, the walls with very very cold fluent uh, fluid. Um, you could you know flood it with CO2 and and get it down to super cold temperatures um, or nitrogen rather. I think it was. Uh, you can get it down to super cold temperatures. Um, you can dial so that lets you control the temperatures. You could also suck out the air and fill it in with the exact density that you want, right? So that you can control the atmosphere, right? You can even control what the local sun feels like. We have uh, these massive uh, light bulbs uh, uh, that shine through the chamber through a, a very thick window, reflects off the top surface, and beams down on whatever you put it uh, on whatever you put in there. So that takes care of mostly everything, uh, so that your your engineering model or your flight model feels like it's on Mars, with the exception of gravity. Um, so that was the one special curveball that we had to come up with for for ingenuity is. How do we fake out gravity so we can actually test the helicopter? So we had to make a gravity offload system. Uh, and, and you can think of this as a high-tech fishing reel. It's a, it's a, we had a motor with a torque sensor uh, connected to the same shaft of a pulley of a fixed radius. And if you add all of those components up, you can design a control loop to, to try and target a fixed torque. The fixed torque across that pillar would give you a fixed tension in the line. And you just design that control loop to give you the right amount of tension to balance out Earth's gravity from Mars gravity. So you take all that, you combine it, and then you have your test chamber. Um, and, and we did an extensive uh, test campaign uh, with our engineering model, uh, and then also with our flight model to prove out that yes, uh, we can fly controllably on Mars. Yes, we can survive the cold nights. And yes, we can charge ourselves with our solar panel, uh, uh, you know, soul after soul enough to survive the next soul. So we're just a few hours before the first flight. What work are you and your team doing now to prepare for that? Sure. Uh, so we're still in commissioning phase. Uh, so we're still going through the steps to, to build us up to that first flight. Uh, I mentioned earlier, we just completed our blade release. So the next two big milestones, right, and they're huge ones for us, is to complete the 50 RPM spin. So both blades will spin counterclockwise 50 RPM uh, for, for a couple of seconds and make sure all that telemetry looks good. So we'll be, we'll be looking at that. And then the next uh, big milestone is the high-speed spin, where we'll still stay on the ground, but we'll spin the blades up uh, to, to comparable uh, RPMs of what we'll do for real flight, uh, and just make sure all systems are still looking nominal. And, and if we're getting you know green across the board, then we'll be ready to go for, for our flight one. I've interviewed some of your Mars 2020 colleagues already and said this each time. Congratulations on all your success so far, and we're hugely excited to see what discoveries lie ahead. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. It's, it's been a wild ride, uh, and each one of these milestones is a huge victory for us, but, uh, but you know, we're building up to that first flight. Teddy Zanettos, Ingenuity Mars Helicopter Deputy Operations Lead at NASA's JPL. If somebody wants to connect with you, Teddy, maybe they want to find out more about the work that you do personally, or maybe they just want to follow uh, the Mars helicopter. What's the best way they can do that? Sure. Uh, to follow Mars helicopter, you can follow the uh, JPL and NASA uh, social media pages on, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, there's also the JPL media office for direct outreach, or if there's any specific questions, uh, you know, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, ask any technical questions. Happy to, happy to help and find more of my interviews and subscribe right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.